Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. Hey everybody, this is Vesna Luca and you're listening to the Corporate Unplugged podcast for people shaping the future of business. On the show today, Jace Peiyu Li from Taipei, Taiwan. Today we'll discuss how art can awaken people's desire for change and support them in creating the future they wish for. Jace is big at heart, small in size and organic in spirit. She is an artist, a scribe and a maverick storyteller through her whimsical brush marks. She is a core team member of the Value Web and of the Presencing Institute led by MIT professor Otto Sharma. She also drives and holds the visual practice movement in the Asia-Pacific region. So, Jace, a big welcome to you. Thank you, Vesna. Thank you for having me here today. So I wanted to kick off talking about really art. You know, what, what is art and what is it for? You're asking such a big question, but probably I give a very, very simple answer, but not the only one, because I felt like to me, art is really an application of human creativity. You know, I love to create and also it's a way to expand imagination. So that that's how I perceive art and that's how I create things. With everything, you know, have that in mind. And I read somewhere on your, um, I think, website that uh, um, uh, the duty of artists is to really send light into the darkness of people's hearts. What do you think about that? Yeah, thank you for mentioning that quote. It was a quote shared by my mentor, also a dear colleague of my Kelvy Bird, and during one of the workshops we did together last month. And I felt that's really something critical in this moment in time where there's so much conflict and so many disagreement, you know, not hap- not only happening between people, but also between countries. So how can we create a space to allow new things to happen, also to hold that conflict and really present something um, with possibilities, and I felt light, providing light is also providing a space to seek for new opportunities. So I felt, I really resonate with that quote first time, you know, the moment I heard that. Yeah, no, it really stuck with me as well when I when I saw it. And you have some beautiful video film clips also on your website that I looked through that was really all of them so inspiring. But Let's talk about your passion because I think everything derives from there, right? What 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 is it that you are really, you know, so so passionate about that you're willing also to suffer for it if it's needed? Thank you for such a it's a very powerful question and also it helps me, you know, to to flash back my earliest childhood and because passion really, you know, led by purpose. So I asked myself, what's my purpose in life? It didn't come until later on, no, probably 30-something age of my life because I've been through a lot in my life experience. But when I heard of your 
questions. There, there were two incidents happened in my life. I felt that probably shape what I'm doing today. The, the one was moments that I was reading. I was reading newspaper with my grandfather when I was very little. I didn't know what I was reading, but he taught me to look at newspaper and asked me to repeat after him. So I was looking at this mystical symbols, like of course in Mandarin Chinese. So I start to read, and that kind of rhythm and the sound just raised a sense of curiosity in me. And so I probably could read, you know, compare with other kids when I was in a very young age. The other moment, pretty is a is a very special moment because my dad. Was an English teacher, so he teach and he speak, and prepare his material at home. I remember one afternoon I was beside him, and I saw him was writing English, and I saw he was kind of drawing with those marks. I was fascinating with those symbols. I started to kind of mimic him writing, you know, like right. I'm writing. I was writing English. I didn't know that's English. But I knew those curvy mark and those lines and those sense of freedom in those stroke. It frees me up. Like I feel so much joy in there. So probably those two incidents kind of embedded in my DNA. Probably that I always has this the the passion. I I could really draw anything you know on paper or now on iPad. First, maybe just some random mark, but then there's something emerge, and I kind of dig into it. So that's some of the process, some of the journey, how I create. And and the the kind of art you do, it's it's very multifaceted. I I think it's. I mean, I see it as as a huge、um, power to be able to kind of visualize something that. That collectively a group of people are experiencing or 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 trying to explore, as well. So you you I mean that's one part of your art, of course. That you I think you call it scribing, right? How do you, how would you explain your main kind of main type of art that you use? I first discovered by Kelvi twelve years ago. I was in my late thirties actually, so I used to draw. But I quit drawing because I was in a corporate world for over eight years, and then there were there were this moment I decide no, this is not the path I I want to pursue. There's something in me that need to take another decision. So about fifteen, no, sixteen, seventeen years ago, I shift my. Life path in a way to pursue arts independently. Then, when Kelvi found me, which was twelve years ago, I discovered there's this profession called graphic recording or graphic facilitation that I literally it opened up a new door, a new window for me because at that time I was in a very challenging time in my in my career and also in my personal life. I was looking. For you know who I am, what I want to do, what I want to be in my next life phase. So when that profession came into my vicinity, it was like really eye opening that 
how can you really listen to somebody's conversation and also draw at the same time and also make sense to the group? How did that happen? What was that mechanism? So I was kind of I was struck by the fact that how can you listen to a stream of conversation and group dialogue and then draw at the same time? Not only that, but also make sense not to yourself only, but also make sense for the group and spark further inquiry and those reflection. That's really fascinating. And what was the process? Was what was the magic behind it? So with that kind of curiosity. I'm embarking that um, journey. I, I would say it, it feels like a life quest to me now. That um, for every conversation I'm in, every wall I'm in front of, every drawing I produce, it becomes evidence for the group and to make sense of what was happening at that moment. And I felt that's really special. I used to work in a studio when I was in art school. You know, I have my own space. I create art that I like. I don't care about other people think sometimes. But in the real situation, when I say real situation, is in the one-on-one or in a group conversation, there's so many dynamics. It's so complex, complicated. So how can I become the servant of that dynamic and make sense of those complexity. It's really, it's really intriguing to, in a way, what you, you're then doing is like, there is a collective interaction between people and then you're like making that interaction that is beyond words, of course, and you're making this kind of intangible thing tangible, right? Yeah. Thank you for asking that question. So I, I mentioned that earlier and I, I did the pref, the pref the profession graphic recording or graphic facilitation found me, but actually it was this term scribing landed in my, in my heart because that was the first word I heard. I witnessed what other people did. Of course, what Kelby did as well. So to me, having something in my hand and then make something invisible visible, it's a very powerful testimony, you know, to, to bring that into existence together, you know, with group, group, and I, and I have to be, I must be participated in that process. I cannot be a bystander. I'm part of it. So those kind of realizations, you know, I'm part of you. So I'm in here with you together, and we are making sense together from a multiple perspective, is very critical for me in terms of how the final uh, image being revealed. And, and uh, also there is, I think, a, on, a, on a bigger level, uh, some kind of a shift going on in, in people's consciousness from going more from some kind of an ecosystem to ecosystem, as you talk about in, in, uh, in the Presencing Institute with the theory you as well. And, and hopefully you also, when you are part of these bigger conversations with different companies and different groups, you can also pick up that shift of consciousness through your art, your social art. Yeah, it's in a way, it's a very intriguing process, but it's obvious because it has to happen right in front of everybody. So with the collaboration 
with the facilitator is also very important that I'm not the only one who just draw, but I'm also kind of silently facilitate the group together with the facilitator, with the image. So this this partnership, this kind of collaboration happening uh, between me and the facilitators, and also I also need to listen to the group with the facilitator. No, it's it's really uh, fascinating and, and intriguing. And what what happens? I'm just curious. What happens when, for example, you've gone through with a group, you've listened to a lot of their conversations and everything, and then you show them what you have been drawing or scribing. What is typically their reaction, or or is it something that you do gradually throughout the conversation, or they see it towards the end? I would say, when the facilitators well-used graphic, it becomes one of the facilitative tool to advance group conversation. So nowadays I work very closely with the facilitator beforehand and during the um, meeting. So we, we find the, the spot that, oh, this is the place, this is the time that we bring the group together to have a pause and then take that pause to reflect on what have we been collectively, collectively gone through? So look at a picture and ask a question, simple question, like, what do you see? You know, how do you feel? And what do you sense? That kind of question. So people with that question, they can kind of share with everyone what they've individually see and feel and collectively feel and sense. And those open up the layer of possibility for people to look at the meeting differently. It really must be very intriguing for the people who are there also to to kind of see this come alive, their conversations come alive, and also give them a sense of clarity as well. Yeah, um, not only the clarity, but also a sense of participation. I have uh, several incidents that people come up to me and say, oh, that's what I just said. Yeah, that's either uh, sometimes we say, you know, I, w- I, was, I was there. So there's, a, there's, a, there's a evidence in a way that people are in that space at that time. So Jace, what in terms of transformational points, uh, we all had them in our lives. But would you mention one or two from, from yours that have really influenced you? Well, there are many. Well, you mentioned the one with your dad and your grandfather, of course. That was a very at my early age, and as I become more conscious about what I'm, about what I want and what I do, I will say the most transformational point in my life will be twelve years ago. The moment that I met Kelvi, that Kelvi found me, because I was thirty eight at that time you know, pretty much in a material age, you know, being through a lot. But why I mentioned that moment was because I was a rookie at that time, at that age, and with a, a group of well-experienced facilitators. And at the end of that uh, meeting, she came to me and showed me a marker and handed it to me, said, hey, Jace, this is for you. And it was a light green Expo whiteboard marker 
I look at that marker in my hand. That was the most beautiful marker ever seen in my life. I never drew with that color in my life until that meeting. But she saw me, like in a sea of people. She saw me using that color and handed it to me. And it was a time. It was a moment I felt wow. Someone saw me, and then I, I was just doing something very small. But I was being seen, and that huge of recognition and encouragement become a seed inside of me that I didn't know until years later. It has this profound influence on everything I do. Fantastic! And now it's, it's interesting that sometimes something that looks like a small gesture is extremely important when it comes also at the right time, right? Because we 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 all want to be seen, not to feed our ego, but I think we need to be seen because we want to be mirroring our own uh, inner self and all our inner talents. But they we need other people to mirror them and sometimes to discover them deeply, right? Yeah, and those opportunity just come, you know, not you know unexpected. But when that happened, it really take a courage to kind of step up and say, yes, I'll take it. You know, it's easy to kind of step back because it's not familiar to me. It's too alien. It's too strange to me. But probably in my DNA, I always say yes before <laughs> I realize what I'm committed to. So either it got me into trouble or it really bring me to the next level that I would never imagined. Just like the, you know, saying yes to this podcast in a way. Yeah, it's not. I, I know you. For your first reaction was like, no, 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 no. I don't do these things. <laughs> I work on my own in my own piece. I'm not public. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much for that. Uh, for that trust, actually, that you show by being here. I appreciate, and I really sense that huge, the trust that you you are having this invitation. Thank you so much. And uh, the reason why we got in touch is really, I I, uh, I did a podcast with Otto Scharmer and I familiarized myself very much with the Presencing Institute work. And I saw that you were part of, part of their core membership and core members. And I saw a painting, one of the paintings that you've drawn, fantastic one, that like spoke to me. And it was so powerful that I ended up looking at your Instagram account for two hours, watching all the different <laughs> stuff that you put in there. And I, I found it fascinating. And I, I got in touch with you because I was just so drawn by it. It was like uh, incredible. So I figured I want to talk to this person who is this artist behind these these things. And um, because I felt that you were doing a very important uh, task in, in, in this world that um, especially also applying it to the corporate world and uh, having them use this, this power and talent of yours to help them to get clarifications and to help them to elevate. Thank you, Vesna. It's a, I don't know what to say, but it, it's a humbling experience when you first contact me with the message and the the series of drawing you saw on Instagram was really a personal journey that I've been through you know, during the COVID time. It happened at the beginning of 20, 
21, already we are in this COVID era. But through that, I would say a project, I decided to do a drawing a day and just to see what happened you know, every day. And it became like a self-recognition and recon- in recognition of my existence you know, at this moment in time. That along that 300 more or so days, I would like to mention one incident. I got a, I got a message from a friend. She dropped me a message to say, hey, Jace, uh, may I share this image? It's an image of a mother holding a, a daughter with my friend because someone in her family just passed away in a difficult time. And I felt if I share that image, it will provide some sort of comfort to her. And I said, sure, please. And I I feel kind of struck by that message because I was creating, it wasn't wasn't an intentional creating a mother and daughter. Those two images emerged in the middle of the creation and then I, I saw a mother and a daughter, and it resonated with another person so deeply that I, I didn't imagine that it has that kind of penetration and that kind of power can tap into someone else's heart in that form. Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. Thank you. But I mentioned companies, corporations, and so on that you also are interacting with a lot. Um, what long-term kind of solution or formula for business do you really believe in? What do you think is the key behind businesses that are, you know, successful in, 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 a, in a good way, in a, in a, in a we way and not a, not a me way? <laughs> I'm glad you asked the question about company and the business because if I, if I look at company, it's an entity it's a commercial space. It's an establishment, but I would like just to reshape you now how I see, you know how we see together what company is because it also means to be with each other, and it also means a companionship, and it also means you know it's a it's a space that provides friendship and also enjoyment. So, what does the company need right now? I would say, you know, if we can create a physical or virtual space that can accommodate people that are, even though they look different, they have different culture, they speak different language, but the space is safe enough for them to speak up and speak out and also nurturing the relationship. In a way, you have to take up courage to break the boundary, you know, you have to go across and that kind of opening up and that kind of space, I was, I would really want to see, you know, the company can really have, you know, nowadays. So that's how I kind of have a different perspective on what company is. So Jace, assume that you have all doors open to you and all resources available to you, what would you rush to innovate or change then? 
to have an art space in, you know, if it's、uh, in any establishment, is an art space in any kind of establishment, whether it's business, you no know, organizations, any kind of entity that really have a space for people can just come in, and they feel. It's a space for their potential, you know, to create. And I found numerous times、um, when I being approached by people, you know, they they saw me drawing and they will say the first when I ask a question, "Would you like to draw?" The very first response is, "Oh no, I cannot draw. No." But I always challenge, kind of making further invitation. You know, if we look back our own childhood, now we didn't learn how to. Speak correct words. We kind of learn by kind of expressing ourselves, making marks. So I felt the gesture of making mark in any situation is very critical because it's a it's almost like a stance, standing up and step up to be seen, and that mark is the same. It's expression of the inner self. To be seen, it takes courage, and it takes passion to do that. So, to to kind of answer your question, I felt an art space, you know, whatever name or whatever form, but people just can come in and stay, even though they just stay there without saying any words. But by the time they step out of that place. They feel being nurtured. There's something in there, kind of. It's kind of like turn out the light. You know, there's a switch, like a, a maybe a switch space. People come in, they feel there's something in there being switched on. Yeah, and I have a, a friend here in Milan who、um, is an artist, and she asked me sometime just to you know pick up her brushes and colors and do whatever whatever I felt like and so on. And I was astonished by the fact that I was like shocked and blocked, and I didn't know where to start. I And I, and I figured that maybe that's because we are so boxed in somehow in our way of functioning in the you know regular kind of corporate world where I pertain that you you don't ever start just from normally a white paper so to say you don't even know where to start you know you're trying to be logical about what is it that you want to portray and you try like the mind takes over right and you're blocked by that and I was just intrigued by the fact that I figured I would probably you know figure something out but I was like ten minutes could I froze I, I couldn't do anything. So I guess many people would say, well, maybe it comes natural for you, Jace, just to like stand up there and just like whatever naturally comes out.、Uh, and you, you, of course, you've been you know training this muscle a lot as well. But for other people, it might feel like it's im- impossible. Thank you, Vesna.、Um, when you are ta- sharing about your experience, it brought me back to my very first time standing in front of a huge blank wall. I was literally also frozen. I was look at that big white space and asking myself, being really judgmental. It, it just came like a flash of second. Why am I? Why was I here? I cannot draw, and all this kind of critical self judgment came in. But then I remember the moment. This is 
there's a voice came up say, you can do it. Just do it. So it's a matter at that moment. It was a moment of choice. I choose to draw, and I trust that with whatever shows through that mark, it's also part of me. It's me there. So, yeah. So I would say, be kind to yourself. Embrace those I can't, but also knowing. Yes, I can. There's a choice there, and then work from that space. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and if you could give one piece of advice to leaders, what would that be? Just be kind to yourself first. And we have we have a saying in 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 Chinese. It says, "己所不欲，勿施于人 It means whatever you don't like. To do yourself, you don't give it to other people. Which means you first treat. I'm just trying to find an English word for it. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 literally like treat like treat yes. others like you would like to be treated yourself. Exactly. That's how. That's what it means. Yeah, that's a fantastic advice. And what about、uh, advice to yourself? Let's say ten, fifteen years ago or so. What would it be? Fifteen years ago, my dad passed away at that time, so it was a lot of emotion at that time. So I would say, you know, now looking back to my younger self, also be kind to yourself and let go. No, it will be okay. There's nothing that you cannot overcome, and. There's always a meaning that why you are here. So remember that why, and trust your instinct. And even though I'm speaking to my younger self, that even though you have doubt, it's okay. Believe in your doubt because for every doubt, it's like a crack in your belief in your belief system. But because those crack, if you You reframe it not as a difficulty, but as a challenge of an and、um, as opportunities. So with that reframe, difficulty become possibilities. And yes, there are crack in life; it hurts. But that's how you know the the Canadian poet and my favorite singer Lennon Cohen says. You know, there's a crack in everything. But that's how light gets in. So with the crack, recognize it. There's a light behind it, and follow that light and chase that light. You'll go through. That will be the advice to my younger self. So back to companies and their their world. What do you think is the most important thing for companies to focus on right right now? For all the powerful companies. Power also comes with responsibility. So, how can a company being responsible for its own profits and growth at the same time also care for the larger whole? That's also a critical question need to think about, because whatever the company is, 
there are always people behind it. So people are really the asset of every company. How do we value the potential of the individual and also elevate those individuals you know, to be the best of their version? And with that collective effort, then they will be a best version of the company. And we are in this very challenging time that everything is so volatile and with so much uncertainty. And with that kind of complexity, how we are seeing, or each one of us seeing, we are part of the larger whole. With that kind of mindset is very critical right now. So system thinking, systems, in to, to think in a system way, um, systemic way, it's, it's very important right now. Thank you, Jace. And my final question to you is this one. What do you think the world needs most at this time? Needs less human-centric, but more plant, planetary-centric mindset. Because you now humans are only one of the millions of species on this planet Earth. And how can you know, I, that kind of ego, become everything? It's impossible that we all have to work together. This, we all have the strengths and also the weakness. And I feel the world needs right now is less power-centric, but more of kindness-centric. I mean, that kind of, you know, we, we see that power in politics, you know, in relationship, that kind of out of balance of, you know, controlled, you know, out of control situation. And I felt the world needs less mechanic, rigid, structured, but more of this kind of fluid, organic, in- inclusive form of relationship in between every one of us. So if I put it into shape, you know, more of this kind of amoeba, kind of watery, rounded, but it doesn't mean without strength, you know, just like water, it can be, you know, like Bruce Lee said about be, be water, my friend. Water can be really fluid, but also it has power. I, I feel that we, I mean, like I as an individual, how can I seek that balance, you know, having the strengths, but also show that vulnerability and present that kind of, you know, the, the me, I mean, the, the true me here in service, the larger we. That's, I feel, the world needs right now. Yeah. And I, I really, as you touched upon kindness, I really believe that that's the highest form of intelligence in a way, because because really... You know, how can you go wrong if your core force is to be kind? If you come from a kind space, from a kind intention, you cannot do wrong. Sometimes maybe somebody can can say it's something that will be naive, but I think it's really a strength because uh, very seldom does kindness lead you in a wrong way. Yeah, that's that's true. Thank you, Vesna, for sharing that. Thank you so much, uh, Jace. I'm just... Um, curious how was it to be on the podcast it was like 
at the beginning it was like a deer in a in a spotlight, you know. <laughs> but then I truly appreciate this opportunity to have small voice from this corner of the world. And I see how you valued this diverse voice, you know, on this planet. And thank you for providing that space, you know, between us. And through a kind of strange drawing on the Instagram, and then we connect. And that's fascinating how human can connect in this, in such a peculiar way. So I really appreciate to have this opportunity to meet with you today. Thank you so much, uh, Jason. Thanks for uh, sharing everything. Thank you so much for being on the show. To find out more, you'll find links and show notes on corporateunplugged.com. And hey, thanks for listening to the show. To make it easy for you to find and listen to this show again, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And please share this episode with one person you know would benefit from hearing it. Please rate and review this podcast if you enjoyed it. I'm Vesna Luca, and you've been listening to Corporate Unplugged. Until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao.